us here at King of Grace Church, and welcome again. Again, if you missed me earlier, my name is Toby Gaynor, and I'm one of the pastors here. My pleasure to lead us just this morning in a brief reflection on Christmas morning. We have a tradition here of gathering together as a church body on Christmas Day to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and it's on that theme of traditions that I wanted to spend a few moments this morning just reflecting uh, for us together today. I'm sure all of you have already participated in some traditions of one sort or another, and I would imagine that many of us will practice many traditions throughout the day, and some we may not even realize are traditions. They're just things that we do um, by habit almost. And some of these traditions, they may be things that are common for many people around us. It may be uh, the fact that we bring a tree inside the house and put it up and put decorations on it. That may be part of the tradition that you enjoy and celebrate. It may be the tradition of giving and receiving gifts. It may be coming to church on, a, on Christmas morning. Um, it could be many things. We even have them in church. I mentioned the tree already. We have a, a, a star on the tree as a traditional symbol, and remembering the star and the story of Christ's birth. We have the Advent candles that we uh, mark in the Advent leading up to Christ's birth. These are all traditional things that we use and celebrate uh, in the lead up to Christmas. For me, uh, you may also have um, traditions that are more unique and more personal to you and your family. Um, perhaps traditions that have been passed down through generations and you continue to practice. Maybe, gener maybe traditions that you have started for yourself and you keep just within your family. Uh, for me personally, I hold on to some English traditions from my heritage. And for me, Christmas isn't quite complete without some mince pies and Christmas pudding. Uh, which, thanks to my wife and some good friends, I've been able to check both of those off my list now already. So it is officially Christmas. Uh, maybe uh, you have traditions that are even more unique than that. Um, I heard of one family recently, um, a tradition which I don't think I've ever heard of before and I think is unique to them, but they've been following it for over 30 years. On Christmas Day, they're from further north of here and they're used to snow on the ground. So Christmas Day, they have an egg hunt in the snow and apparently these eggs are laid by the snow monster who is the lesser-known cousin of the Easter Bunny. Um, so that sounds like a very unique tradition. Uh, you may have other traditions that you can, you're thinking of of your own. Again, ones that may be unique just to you, or ones that you share with many, many people around you. Uh, there may be Christmas movies that you watch, the songs we sing, reflective tradition. Um, all of us have traditions of one sort or another. And traditions are important. They are things that contribute to uh, defining who we are as a culture and in our identity. And they may define us individually in, cult in traditions that we practice. Uh, individually, they may be as a family, or maybe even as a larger community or even a nation. Now, unsurprisingly, God has things to say about traditions. Uh, actually, traditions were God's idea for mankind in the first place. Uh, a tradition God in as, as intends for keeping truth in front of us and for making sure it's passed on from one generation to another. Uh, he gave his people of Israel in the Old Testament uh, very clear traditions to pass on in particular. Um, God intends traditions to teach and to remind us of particular truths for a particular response. So God intends true, uh, traditions to teach and remind us of a particular truth or truths for a particular response. And so I'd like to look just briefly with you at a passage of Scripture that helps us think about God's understanding and, and intention for traditions. 
And I'm going to break with tradition and go with a very non-traditional passage of Scripture for Christmas. Um, but I'm going to, we can have it projected, but it's from Deuteronomy chapter 11. If you have a Bible with you, you're welcome to turn there. Um, I have selected a few verses just for brevity, um, but I think we still maintain the context of the passage. Um, you're welcome to turn there, otherwise I'd say it will be projected for you. So I'm going to read a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 11. So we read this, it says, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. And consider today, since I'm not talking to your children who have not known or seen it, consider the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand and his outstretched arm, his signs and his deeds. For your eyes have seen all the great work of the Lord that he did. You shall therefore lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall teach them to your children, talking of them when you are sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. So some verses from Deuteronomy chapter 11. And although that passage doesn't mention traditions explicitly, the idea of remembering who God is and what he has done and what God intends to teach us and passing that on to our children really is the essence or the basis of what a tradition is. It's remembering something of God or God's truths and remembering it for ourselves and passing that on to our children. The original context of that passage in Deuteronomy um, is Moses passing this instruction on to his people, to God's people. God has saved them out of Egypt and is now instructing them on how they should live and God is laying down and in, in instituting traditions and teaching that the people of Israel are always to keep in front of them. You may remember other specific traditions that God instituted in the Old Testament in particular. Again, relating back to the, the Israelites' rescue out of Egypt, the final plague that was put upon the people, the Passover lamb that was sacrificed to save them from the angel that there was then an annual tradition that was instituted among the people of Israel to member and celebrate God's grace and kindness to pass over the people of Israel when they sacrificed the lamb, and they continue to do that. Elsewhere, you read in the book of Esther, a very exciting book, um, which ends with God's people who were looking to be destroyed by their enemies, that being flipped around, and Israel's enemies being destroyed, and Israel, the people of Israel being protected. And then... God institutes a, an annual celebration and festival remarking the celebration of Purim, as it's called, um, remembering this tradition. So another, again, another opportunity for the people of Israel to keep before them truths of God's goodness. And we see in the passage we've looked at this morning in Deuteronomy 11 some principles to help us think through God's intention for traditions. And we'll think about them in particular to with relationship to Christmas. So the first thing we see there is that God's intention for traditions is to teach and remind everyone, children and adults alike. Now, I don't know about you, but although traditions are valuable in teaching children, God says that they're not meant only for children. God intends to teach and remind adults as well, and too easily as an adult, I lose sight of that. The passage we looked at in chapter 11 speaks of laying up words in your own heart and keeping them before your own eyes before ever passing them on to our children. 
So godly traditions are for all and everybody, young and old, whether you have children or not, whether whatever stage of life you're in as a single, as a parent, as a grandparent, it doesn't matter. You never move on from the need for godly traditions. And applied for Christmas, I mean, it means that we don't, shouldn't treat this time as merely one for the children or for the grandkids. And we shouldn't treat the Bible stories as things we simply want to keep in front of our children. We need to keep them in front of ourselves as well. You and I, we all need these. God has intended his words and his testimonies to be preserved and kept for us. And chiefly the ones about his son and the good news of the gospel are intended to be front and central in our lives all the time. We never grow too old. and We never grow too f- go, go beyond what God wants to teach us and keep in front of us. And to be reminded of, particularly at Christmas, through the godly traditions that we celebrate and practice. The second thing we see is that God intends traditions to remind and teach us about himself and different things about himself. He intends to remind and teach us about what he's like, about what he's done, and about what he's promised. The passage again in chapter, in chapter 11 speaks of the content of the things we're called to remember and the things that traditions teach us about. So the passage again speaks of God's greatness and his mighty hand characteristics of God that help us remember and think about who our God is. They speak about what he has done, his signs and his wonders that have been on display, things that maybe we've seen directly in our lives, but also we read about in all, every page of Scripture. And we also hold before us all the promises of God, promises that have been fulfilled in Christ in the New Testament, but then also promises still to be fulfilled in Christ's return and our eternal life with him in the new heavens and new, new earth. So at Christmas in particular, traditions remind and teach us in the accounts of Jesus' birth that we have preserved in the Bible many different things that we can remember together. In general, if nothing else, the things that we remember and celebrate at Christmas teach us and remind us of God's goodness. James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. And so if therefore every good and perfect thing we enjoy, we can give thanks to God. We should give thanks to God. We're not just to enjoy these things as if they were um, separated from God's kindness. And so we can turn everything back in thanksgiving to God, even if there's nothing else behind those traditions. So I can give thanks to God for mince pies, for example. You may give thanks to God for just time with family. Or many other things that you enjoy at Christmas time are opportunities for us to give thanks to our God, our good and faithful creator. But obviously there's much more specifically at Christmas that we can remember in the traditions that we hear, the teaching and the scriptures uh, and other things around us, stars and Advent candles, for example, as we remember the story of our Savior's birth. It teaches of God's faithfulness to his people to send a Savior, a rescuer. As we heard in the passage of scripture that Abby read from Matthew, Jesus will save his people from their sins. So the the traditions we remember remind us of God's good and right standards, his holiness. But that also reminds us that as people, we need a savior in the first place. The passage again we looked at in Deuteronomy calls us to love the Lord our God and to obey his commandments. And if we're honest with ourselves, even just a brief look in the mirror, we know that we don't meet up to those standards consistently. 
We don't follow God the way we should. We don't love Him the way we should. We fail regularly in many different ways. And that puts us in a position of being under God's judgment and in need of mercy and forgiveness. And that's why the traditions we remember at Christmas are so valuable because they tell us also of God's faithfulness and His mercy. His love so vast for a lost people that He sends even His own Son to be their Savior. They teach us of God's humanity, oh, sorry, humility to reach sinners, not by sending Jesus to lord it over them as a king and ruler, but to come as a servant, born to regular folk, honored by shepherds. And they remind us as well that Jesus' story, Jesus' birth, isn't the whole story. You can't have any part of a story if you're only going to read the first part of it. So even though we remember specifically Jesus' birth at Christmas, it also helps us remember the fullness of his life. How he lived a perfect life in full obedience to God. And how he died a death that he didn't deserve, but that he took upon himself willingly, taking our place, the punishment that you and I deserved, for failing to live and honor God in the way he's due. So that now all those who look and trust in Jesus Christ, in his death and in his resurrection, have the sure promise of God's forgiveness and new life. And we can have hope for transformation in our lives today and of eternal life with God in his kingdom. I know, I know for myself, but I think for all of us, we need these reminders. We need these reminders of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need them every day, and we can use special occasions to remind us as well, just like Christmas. So we should be intentional to use traditions to remind and to teach us about God, about who He is, about what He has done, about what He has promised, and specifically in and through the gospel of His Son, Jesus Christ. Lastly, God intends to use traditions to teach us and remind us about ourselves about who we are personally in relationship with him and the particular response that he calls from us. Whether traditions we celebrate at Christmas are ones we share with half the globe or ones that you celebrate only in your home, godly transitions are, traditions sorry, are intended to have a particular purpose and application for you, for each and every one of us here this morning. These are not simply universal truths, that are out there and are comfortable and familiar, but have no specific bearing upon our lives. So whether there's something common, perhaps like a Christmas tree that we all share and familiar, or maybe it's a snow monster that you're the only person that does that. These traditions are meant to show show us something about God's truth, but also how it applies specifically in our own lives. God intends to use traditions to teach and remind us how each of us is personally called to love him and follow him. So don't be content this Christmas simply to allow traditions to be around you without affecting you. Don't allow traditions to only teach, but allow that to push on into application in your life and for, and for what it would look like for you. At Christmas, as we remember the truth of the gospel and remember the and apply the glorious truth of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our hearts should be renewed in joy and in celebration as the good news of our Savior. Maybe it's a chance to repent afresh of patterns of um, failing to keep God's ways, but also to receive fresh grace from God 
who gives good gifts to his children and shows him to be gracious and merciful and desires us to change and be transformed in his ways. As always, it's an opportunity for us to, to look to God and ask for his help to be increasingly changed, to love God more and more with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. So as we leave here this morning, I want to leave you with some questions and some thoughts for you to encourage you to reflect on. Reflect on individually, by yourself, but also with family and friends. Ask yourselves, what are some of the traditions that you keep at Christmas? And how do they point you and in, to, to God and in particular to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, maybe in asking yourself those questions, you actually come up with a few things you practice that aren't helpful or maybe um, don't, you can't find a way to even thank God for them. And that may be a prompting of the Spirit to say, that's a tradition that you can, you can put to one side. That's entirely possible. But I want to focus more on the traditions that do fo- focus you on God. So ask yourself again, finally, just how can you be more intentional to allow those traditions to teach you about God and his ways? And then conclude by praying. Pray together, thanking God for the opportunity for traditions to teach and communicate truths about himself and about you and the good news of our Savior Jesus Christ. And ask him to help you to apply those truths in your life in whichever way you need to grow. Maybe to love the Lord, to obey him, to follow him, to know joy in his name. Let's pray together.